Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I am talking to the wonderful Jilly McEwen about being a neurodiverse scholar. We talk about the gifts of neurodiversity as well as the challenges and also the real importance of self-compassion. Jilly has had such a range of experiences and has such wisdom to share. So I do hope you enjoy this episode. Hello Emma, how are you? I'm all right. Well, it's not morning with you, of course, is it? Um, (laughs) But it's morning for me. So thank you very much for taking time out of your day. We've just been saying you're a single mum. So I, I, and I, I'm a single mum too. So I can totally relate of how precious uh, your time is. So thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you for having me and thank you also for kind of volunteering and stepping forward because you said you'd be really happy to share your experiences with um, other people and I love that and I really respect that because it's not it's not easy to do that but it's so appreciated by other people the emails that I get saying how wonderful it has been to hear somebody else talking about something that they're going through Mm. Um, it's really appreciated and if anybody's listening and going actually I think what I've gone through I could help somebody else then please do let me know I am always delighted to hear from people um, and honoured to hear your experiences and share them with other people so thank you thank you thank you Um, thank you (laughs) we always begin with um, the invitation for people to just talk us through their journey so far so tell us a little bit about um, your journey into academia and into the PhD. Okay, it's quite long, so I'm gonna love it. Love it as succinct <laughs> as I can. Um, so basically, my first degree when I left school um, was a Bachelor of Speech and Language Therapy. Um, so at the time, I was living in England. Um, I did that at Manchester University. And then my parents decided we were moving to Australia. Um, wow. wow. <laughs> I came over, which was very scary. Yes. <laughs> um, completely unknown. And yes. Yeah. Um, so I came over here and speech therapy degree that I had, I needed to do some extra bits and pieces. Um, couldn't really afford it. So basically just had to take whatever job that I could get, um, which ended up being a call centre, which when I talk a bit later, you will understand that's probably the worst for me. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I then um, after I'd saved up a bit of money, um, for some reason I thought it would be a good idea to try and be a town planner because there's so much like building and infrastructure um, in Australia. Um, Amazing. 
absolutely hated that. <laughs> Good to give it a try, though. You gave it a try, you see. I did, I did. So I did a Master's in International Urban and Environmental Management, finished that and said, definitely not, that's not what I want to do. Um, so then I've, I was working in insurance and really, really didn't like that either. Um, eventually, I did a Master's of Disability and absolutely adored it. Um, I was basically on the way to do a PhD, um, but then due to some personal circumstances, uh, it just basically wasn't possible. Um, but I was really disappointed because I really wanted to do, a, I'd like wanted to do a PhD for a while. And I just thought because I loved disability so much and like my first degree was related to that, yes. um, kind of wanted to go down that direction. But then, yeah, as I said, that didn't work out. And then um, I had like a, I guess, a break from academia um, to have my daughter and then, yeah, when she was 18 months old, I think, just after that, um, she was diagnosed as autistic. And because I was a single mum by that point, uh, I was trying to, like, figure out how I was going to pay the bills and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So then I took a slightly different tangent um and did a master of family studies <laughs> um and then that was didn't really end up with a particular like career or anything um so then I was looking around I was obviously very interested in autism um because of her diagnosis yes. and then I found a scholarship um I live in Brisbane but there was a scholarship at the University of Tasmania and, um, yeah, basically got in touch with the people that were running that scholarship, um, applied for that, was successful to get the scholarship. Um, and yeah, definitely um, since then been doing my PhD, um, which is focused on autism and physical activity and sport. Um, and I'm probably... I mean, hopefully, maybe six months off uh, finishing. I'm basically writing my thesis now, so um, getting my like my first sort of draft chapters done at the moment. Wow! So, <laughs> wow! So let's let's begin at the end. And in terms of that <laughs> phase that you are in now, I just really want to honour that. I'm sure there are people listening in that place as well and recognise the kind of the intensity of that moment. So just really yeah. to, um, yeah, sending you all the good vibes for that. Thank heads you. Down, heads down <laughs> moment. Definitely needed, yeah. Um, but I also just want to applaud this spirit of curiosity that's taken you through, <laughs> like the, the, all these different avenues that you've explored um, yeah, and the really strong no's that have come back for you, mm. and I, I think that yeah. that often comes up, isn't it? It's kind of how do I know what to do, and how like actually, mm. you seem really from your story, you seem really tuned into those kind of intuitive. No, that's not for me. I've explored it; it's not for me. Mm. And this yeah. f- finding a path from there, so that is just awesome. Um, yeah, and very valuable life skill in there. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that sense of, of 
from that story kind of going actually it's all worth exploring and there's it takes you in interesting directions and that's yeah definitely that's a good news story Mm. Um, yeah but now to dive into the kind of heart of what we wanted to talk about here Mm -hmm. is is your um navigation of academia as Mm -hmm. a neurodiverse scholar yeah um so yeah and I wonder I just wonder where you want to start with that um I guess I'll just kind of explain um like how I came to know because it's still quite recent um yeah yeah, basically as I said my daughter was diagnosed uh, a few years ago now and um I'd always been, I don't know, like an awkward kind of person. Um, I had like quite a lot of sensory things, but, I, you know, you, you don't really think much of them um, until, you know, you're watching your daughter basically have very similar uh, traits and um, struggle with certain things that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically in her and then obviously I'm a researcher so I was researching autism and about autism I was like you know learning from autistic people to try and help her um you know I've watched like a million videos and webinars and conferences and everything about autism so they were just like just kept being okay that's me okay that's me okay so I just basically knew I was like okay I'm autistic um and then went for my official diagnosis for that and and yeah definitely there was no no um yeah that sorry there was no question that that was um I was autistic um and then I am self-diagnosed ADHD. I can't afford the official diagnosis at the moment um, because, yeah, over here in Australia, you have to pay for it all. It's all private. So it's very, very expensive. Um, So, yeah, basically that's what my neurodivergent is, um, autism and ADHD, and that's kind of how I came to know. So I was only diagnosed probably the beginning of this year. Um, so it's still all quite new. Um, and I think that's not so, uncommon, is it? Especially for no. women in terms of late diagnosis in terms of, yeah. of, of autism. And um, because yeah. there's a very particular idea of what autism is. Uh, um, yes. And uh, so and you, then especially for, for women that doesn't you know the the, the challenges that you are facing mm. and dealing with every day don't always get picked up oh um, definitely yeah so I wonder then how that is now in coming into this this moment that you're in um having been through that process having recognized and I have to say I totally relate to that by my watching one of my sons and seeing mm. I'm pretty sure um in, in terms of him having ADHD mm. and then going okay that really resonates with me too yeah so, yeah <laughs> you know kind of I'm like this is a, you know um like yeah, really very really common. interesting and one of the real gifts I think of of having 
children into it, of that or just being around I think it's kind of the gifts of being in community isn't it seeing other yeah. people on their journeys and then going mm. oh yeah I can relate to that um yeah definitely so having come into a place where you there's a kind of recognition now of of the things that you obviously you knew all the time but now you can mm. give has a, a sort of different perspective on that sorry I was going to say it's it's interesting because I've not nothing's particularly changed in Mm. terms of hey I do anything I haven't requested accommodations um from the university it's just more for myself like Mm. I understand myself more I understand how my brain works I understand how I process things I understand obviously more what I struggle with and why I struggle with it Mm. so I've just tried to um, like work through it myself and learn as much as I can from other um, autistic people, ADHD people, and especially those in um, like a research academia PhD um, position, because obviously they understand the very high workloads, etc., and like give good information of how to sort of manage that um and that's really helped so I think it's more I don't it's not because I'm ashamed or anything because I have you know I'm quite open openly autistic like on my social media and things like that um but yeah I just it's just the way you know I've managed to do the bachelor's and the three master's degrees and without knowing you know what's going on in my brain and I just I don't know I just feel like I just probably should just continue the way I am but understanding myself more obviously is more helpful yes well I mean you're clearly not ashamed of it because you talked about it on this podcast and and yeah and and I think that sense of kind of being in discussion and having people talk about it is such a gift because then people go oh yeah Mm. no that's a challenge for me too and that's something for me too I think it's really interesting in terms of talking about the gift of um, that realisation in that this understanding or you talked about the understanding of how you process material, how you're dealing with information. um, And hopefully I'm reading into it, but hopefully there's this sense then of self-compassion of kind of, oh, okay, Mm. that's I'm doing, I do that thing and that's why I do it. And yeah but and also going I did that and look at me look at what I've achieved doing that Mm -hmm. undertaking these things um and I think that on the PhD process we talk about that a lot in terms of how important self-compassion is and not beating yourself Mm. up oh definitely and I think with any kind of neurodiversity or any kind of diversity it's kind of extra self-compassion is needed I'm gonna say like I've grown up just thinking like I'm lazy and I'm just mm. weird mm. And like why can't I do the same things as other people and why mm. do I get so anxious and mm. why do I do this and it's just like nice to be able to understand myself and think oh I'm not just you know lazy I actually do have particular challenges with certain things that I'm doing and um yeah it definitely has given me the ability to be kinder to myself definitely awesome 
awesome. And I do want to ban the word laziness because I think yeah. it's <laughs> it's pernicious. Um, and how amazing. I just want to celebrate again that sense of you and all the challenges that you're facing in terms of your your um situation in the round and yet here you mm. are and you're still you're you're doing it and in an in an amazing way but I do thank you just want to think then about the particular challenges that you are facing in that kind of academic context you t- you touched on that a little bit but perhaps to talk a mm. little bit more about those because I yeah yeah definitely so I'd say um my biggest challenge is executive functioning right. um so trying to um, organize myself is quite difficult. Mm. Like if you see my desk now, it's just like full of paper. And um, you know, there's a lot of things that um, I, I basically need to try and be as um, specific with what I'm doing as possible. So like in terms of, um, prioritizing and organizing it's very difficult but because I'm like learning more about my brain and how everything is working um, I'm trying to obviously implement different strategies to get better at that mm. um, and yeah just things like I think it's the ADHD part of my brain. Um, there's sometimes when I just can't sit down at the desk and either read or write. I I just can't. Mm. Um, so either trying to work out something like a more simpler task, so reply to emails, for example, or um, just formatting or editing, that sort of thing where I'm not particularly doing in heavy thinking um when my brain is just not in the like right place to do that um but then I get hyper focused moments as well so mm. then there's some days when I you know sit down at the desk as soon as I get to it in the morning and I'll just sit here for hours and I'll you know smash out thousands of words or something so I'll read a lot of articles in that time period so it's basically trying to balance and recognize when my brain is just not in that place and then but still trying to do things that obviously will help um but then yeah take advantage of the hyper focus moments as much as I can as well yes oh that is golden I think in terms of what you've said (laughs) around Again, it's attending to yourself, isn't it? And attending to mm, yeah. what energy you have for that moment and mm. giving yourself permission to say, okay, well, in this grand scheme of things of this week, I need to do these emails and I need to do this writing and I need to do this other kind of planning. And in this moment, the best thing for me to do is the emails, even though that's not what's written on the list for to do, you know, kind yeah. of that sense of, of giving yourself permission and of knowing mm. That that's that's the right thing for you at the moment and yeah so how amazing is that I think that mm. for everybody I think that's a really useful way of thinking about planning your week to have the things that you're going to be working with for that week and then thinking mm. as you said making the most of the energy that you're in so in your hyper focus moments you make the most of that 
um, yeah. and in the other moments you're making the most of what you can do in that time which is I mean brilliant brilliant um yeah I mean it, it is applicable to everyone like obviously if you're yeah. tired or you're sick anyone will probably do like a similar sort of thing they won't yeah. do the you know the really dense uh reading tasks or writing tasks on yeah. those particular days but yeah definitely um I think especially for me that's been very helpful recently since as I said I've been learning more yes and I think of course for you the extremity of those is going to be um challenging in terms of okay mm. I really am in this place there's kind of there might not be so much of an option it's kind of like I need, I need to do that because I literally can't sit down at the moment there's too much energy going yeah. on um yeah but again I think this theme that's coming through your whole story is the sense of you tuning into yourself um and working mm. with yourself um and the real strength in that I just love it Mm. um yeah it's taken a long time <laughs> yeah I, and I can hear that I can hear that and I I hear the kind of wisdom then that comes out of that in terms of the journey mm. that you have obviously been on towards this yeah. point um and yeah that's it's hard won knowledge right um definitely and, and <laughs> I, I yeah absolutely I just want to honor that absolutely mm. um now, I always finish with the difficult question of the top tip. Um, and I'm aware yeah. that you said that you've been kind of learning from others and there's some strategies that mm. you kind of think, and we've already touched on that a little bit. But I wonder if there's any yeah. sort of top tips or a top tip that you would you would share with others who either are neurodiverse scholars or are working with neurodiverse scholars? Yeah, um, I would say I've probably got two main things that I would really encourage um, neurodivergent scholars to do particularly. Um, one of them, obviously, it's a personal choice to disclose um, to the university or to your supervisors um, that you are neurodivergent. That's your choice and mm. there's no pressure to do that. But if obviously that is what you choose to do, um, know that, you know, your university should be able to give you some kind of support. Mm. Um, you should be able to get some sort of accommodations from your supervisors, um, whether that's more regular meetings or, um, you know, extensions or they have particular deadlines if you really struggle to submit work on time um, sometimes that can be helpful um, so yeah obviously if you do choose that there should be some support uh, out there and accommodations um, so if you feel comfortable um, definitely take them up on that because I think that would be really helpful and I think also this sense of often the accommodations are just about kind of good practice. So accommodations yeah. around really clear communication. And as we all know mm. in academia, communications are often really <laughs> obtuse. Yes. And actually Not just very accessible. Can you just say it really clearly for me? <laughs> actually is yeah. encouraging um, good practice. I just I think I would just, mm. just um examining a PhD and somebody uh, giving the kind of clearly giving the agenda ahead of time for the viva mm, which actually absolutely. I think is good practice so yes I, I just definitely. just want to second what you said yes 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 to that and accommodations yeah. are often just about making up for where academia is a bit rubbish really mm, yeah academia is not the easiest place no. for 
rooms a lot of the time. So yeah, anything that can be done to make it a little bit easier or at least supportive or understanding, like if you have understanding supervisors, that makes a world of difference. Yes. So yeah, definitely. Um, And then the other thing, I I think I've mentioned it before, but basically um, connecting with other neurodivergent researchers, academics, PhD students, master's students, whoever. Um, Obviously, social media is a really good place. That's where I found a lot of my information. Um, Twitter, I find, is good just for, like, digestible um, research overviews. things like that because obviously it's just short and that is generally uh, done in an accessible way so I found that very useful Um, there are some Facebook groups and then there's quite a few people on Instagram uh, as well Um, if uh, there's any particular people interested um, I'm happy to provide links of groups or people that are useful to um, follow um if that would be helpful amazing Uh, and we could even put those in the show notes so that people could could follow that up I think that'd be brilliant because I think sometimes we go on you go onto social media and you don't really know where to start so I think Mm. that'd be awesome if you did have some suggestions yeah because for for me like I I'm very far away from my university so I've always felt really isolated and lonely anyway Mm. as a PhD student Mm. um and then, yeah, obviously most PhD students, they understand the PhD side of it, but they don't understand, um, you know, the additional challenges and yeah. things that come up with it. Um, so, yeah, just to get just to know people and get to, um, you know, learn strategies from those people um, definitely has been really helpful. So I'd say that's very important. Absolutely. Um, I think finding your people and finding your community can just make a world of difference. And people who get you kind of go, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, definitely. Makes a big difference. Um, Thank you so much, Jilly. There's so much useful stuff in there and it's truly wonderful to talk with you. Um, I love your energy. It's very (laughs) good. very calm and I could do with all of that um so thank you so much for being here um, thank you thank you all also for listening don't forget that you can sign up to notes from the life raft so a little email that will ping into your um inbox every week um and has extra thoughts information uh information on events that are coming up so do sign up thank you all and see you next time mm-hmm.